The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Market moving insight and analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. Futures stumbling a bit here after the worst start to a fourth quarter in five years on that ISM disappointment yesterday. Europe and Asia did follow suit overnight. Uh, bonds testing resistance once again, 10-year 163. ADP basically in line at 135,000. Our roadmap begins with the manufacturing slump, adding to worries about recession. Stocks set for another lower open with a rough start to Q4. Plus, WeWork has been junk. Fitch downgrades the uh, company's credit rating by two notches. And shares a stitch fix tumbling ahead of the bell despite growing its client base 18% year on year. Company forecasts a soft quarter ahead. Stocks continue their downward momentum today, a day after the ISA manufacturing index fell to its lowest level in a decade. Yesterday's sell-off erased the gains for 3Q uh, for the Dow and the S&P. We did get some economic data in the past hour. ADP says private sector added 135,000 in September. That beats forecast by about 5,000. Uh, there was downward revision to August, though. And uh, Refinitiv, Jim, says ADP's overestimated BLS in eight of the last 10 Septembers. So we'll watch for Friday. Right. I, I do think that there's a pall cast over this market ever since the impeachment announcement where everything, every piece of data that comes out, instead of having it possibly find a good thing is a bad thing. We're going to talk about Stitch Fix. I, I have Katrina Lake on later this week. The quarter was good. Business is good. They've decided to invest. She uses the word invest over and over again in the conference call. Decided to invest to make the business great. Everything that she said in April would have sent the stock to 27. Today, it sends us back to 17. This is the palpable gloom that we have that if you're investing, forget about it. If you think you can grow, you won't be able to. And a lot of this has to do with Washington. And I think also a lot of it has to do with so much money went into all these IPOs and there's just no new money coming in. And I really think that Stitch Fix is emblematic of this particular moment. I listened to the call and it was so glass half full to me. Uh, I have her on Friday, but it was glass quarter full to other people. It's not even like class half empty. And what I saw, I try to read these conference calls in a vacuum. Don't look at the stock. And I honestly, it, <laughs> you, I do. You come out of the chamber and what you're like, this? what? Yes. I mean, I was in the cryogenic ch- chamber. I wore socks and other areas were protected. And the thing that was really interesting was I said, all right, I could see this be at 24. I think it could be at 14. Well, you can see which, which they're choosing. And it has to do with the belief that it's not worth investing. We just want earnings right now. What we really want is McCormick. We want French's mustard, and we want Frank's hot sauce. Tell me a bit more about the why you think the, um, the impeachment inquiry is having an impact. Is it because it will delay other potential legislation that would be helpful or have an impact on the trade negotiations with China, the USTR, uh, or is it in and of itself? I don't quite follow why. Sure. No, I mean, a couple things. One is, is that when I spoke to Speaker Pelosi two weeks ago, I felt... Well, look, it sounds like there's going to be a deal for uh, Canada and Mexico. 
But you know, you have Abney on yesterday. UPS, he's pretty good. USMCA is what USMCA. He yeah, needs it really bad. He needs that. He'll tell you he needs the deal really bad. He's just you know plain vanilla company that needs the deal. There's a lot of UPSs out there. Uh, I also think that the Chinese can stiffen the resolve because they can figure they can wait out President Trump. But then when you pick up the paper today, remember, I'm not as fearful of Elizabeth Warren as Wall Street is. But you pick up the paper today and you've got in the New York Times, you have Sanders and Warren trying to figure out how to make people who are billionaires lower than billionaires. I mean, I don't know, David, you're not a billionaire, so you may have read that and not been as frightened. But if you are, you know, it, it has a Leninist feel to it if you're a, Sanders, if you're a billionaire, because it's just wholesale re- redistribution. So you read that and you say, not that we're all trying to be billionaires, but the tone is, is that, OK, so maybe Trump's not doing as well. So who's leader? Well, it's San- it's Sanders has raised the most money. What is he saying? Well, he's basically uh, doing a socialist agenda. I don't think that's too much of an exaggeration because he's it's a socialist agenda. Well, you, so read, you read the commentary in the survey yesterday, the ISM survey. You don't care so much about that. It's more about how our supply chains have been collapsed. Yes. And I do think, look, I, I, we're not a manufacturing country. It's 17%. Well, that's the other thing I keep hearing. 12% of the economy, 14% of employment, two-thirds of S&P earnings are in manufactured goods as opposed to strict services. Well, I mean, look, I think that when you look at uh, the big companies, uh, you, could ar- you could argue that, I don't know, I mean, the ones that trade off of it are Caterpillar, Emerson, 3M, uh, uh, Honeywell. It used to be GE. Those are the ones that are regarded as, as industrials. In the rest of the economy that we trade is uh, oh, Alphabet, and it's Apple. I mean, Apple's a manufacturer. It's the biggest. It's Microsoft. They're all regarded as manufacturers, but they don't trade like that. Microsoft but, is regarded as a manufacturer. Make something. They make air in a box. It's all intellectual property. I'm saying that the big, the, the fat, Fang and M are regarded together as companies that are right. big exporters of things we make. How about that? Yeah, exporters. Big yes. exporters. Yes. So it's you just, they're, they're commerce. not making their stuff in a factory. No, they're commerce. I'm just saying they're not Centene, and they're not United Health. They're not healthcare companies. So I'm just saying that. Look, I don't want to conflate it. When I say industrial to this market, that's Freeport and Cat. We don't have a lot of industrials to trade. We used to. A lot of people feel they've been wiped out. But what I'm saying is, is that we're not going to value anything as highly as we did before because there's a genuine belief that we'll wait a second. You know, there's going to be with Biden. Maybe there's going to be a transactions tax. I mean, Sanders, when you read what Sanders is talking about, I mean, Sanders wants to, the word that, that the right would use is confiscate. He wants to confiscate. Well, that's, yeah, he I, does. I remember reading it last time, too, when he was unlikely to end Yeah, but he raised nominee. a huge amount he of money. the transaction tax on everything, that to, every trade that took place. Well, yeah, but you okay. See, but you see, if you have but, impeachment, it's, you know, and it continues during this period, maybe it increases the likelihood I'm just giving you the mind that. of the market. I don't see I'm that giving coming. You I don't. That's not. I, nobody I'm I? talking to is bringing that up. Oh, I'm selling because I'm afraid <laughs> Bernie Sanders is coming for my no, no, money. Elizabeth Warren. Oh, Elizabeth. Okay, or Elizabeth, Elizabeth Warren. Warren. No, Bernie Sanders. She's is only two percent of your. And it's okay. only over. All right. All right, you know what? I think Trump's going to win big. We're all going to make a fortune. And a hundred. I'm just saying. I'm saying that there's a be okay. It's a different tone. Do you think the tone's not different? You can value all those houses at pennies on the dollar. Pennies. Don't, Don't you take my houses away. You're already, start you already ruined my peso. Company. I have a Mexican housing development. That's like the worst thing you could possibly have. More yeah. short term, though, if there's any kind of truce or yes. peaceful uh, discussion next week, 
And if the market buys it, that it's going to stick. Yes. We need then to- this conversation is going to be more. It, I think that there was something that happened yesterday. This, this is what I'm talking about. Will you listen? I Stop listen. tweeting and listen to me. <laughs> I'm talking about PayPal. He tweets. Yeah. I text. Okay, yesterday, something happened to PayPal. It's probably the most significant announcement yeah. that has come out since the trade talks got bad. The Chinese okayed PayPal to buy a company in China and become a huge credit company. Now, it may not be initially in China. Now, that was a signal that, look, we're willing to deal here. It meant nothing. Did you see the way Mellanox jumped at the close? That's a signal that they're going to let NVIDIA also buy Mellanox. They let another deal go through, but it hasn't happened No, but I'm saying the Chinese were making signals, and because this market's so negative, no one even paid attention to the PayPal deal. Now, I want Dan Schulman on right now, because Dan Schulman is the CEO of PayPal. That is the most major breakthrough for a financial... Nobody cared now, I, I, because we're so negative. There was the commentary last night about more signals of goodwill yes. going into the meeting. There's no doubt about yes, that. Yes, in the 70th. Look, our president wished, wished him a happy 70th. I don't know. I wouldn't have wished him as much, you know, happy birthday. But I, I do think that there are positive signs, but they're not being regarded as, neg- as positive. Or they're being overlooked. The Financial Times led with the PayPal story. But nobody cared. Nobody, nobody cared. Because United National Foods had a bad quarter. I mean, I just have to tell you, I, I'm fed up with the negativity. We're getting over... Stop it. I didn't do anything. The podcast people think that you're making fun of me with the faces. You're making the faces. You, you don't think things have t- the tone has changed? Um, I mean, look at the stitch. I'm using examples. McCormick. I think, yeah, I think the, the mindset of the reason people are looking as askew at her investment mentality is that others... Are, are being more cautious. Yes. And I look, I, uh, again, I point out. Stitch Fix is uh, the, as the key to this market. No, Stitch, stitch Fix. I am saying that if Stitch Fix had reported in May, March, or April, it would have been everything well they said would have been well received. And so it's a reflection of the change in mindset. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Live long and prosper, right? I get Remember it. Okay. Spock? Now I get it. Now Remember I get Spock it. and the whales? Yes. Yeah, I versus I am going to put an earwig in your head. Right now, Wrath of Khan, by far the best, right? Right in there, and then check off, you start dealing. I think that, it, now that doesn't mean it can't switch because of what you said. Right. But I do think when you pick up the Times and you read about what, read that article. That article, was, did you read that article about Warren and Sanders and what they're trying to do and what it would do to Jeff Bezos? Now, remember what Lennon said, if the rich are unhappy, it's their own damn fault. So we do have, but, you know, the fact that Lennon has to be invoked and not John is a kind of interesting time. No. Nothing. I'm with you. I'm 100% not, with you. You're not well, with me. While we wait for some auto uh, sales numbers. Uh, no, it, and they're going to be great. Uh, we works the story today. Uh, when it rains, it pours. Credit rating agency Fitch cut its ratings for the company two notches, pushing it deeper into junk. That uh, comes after WeWork abandoned the IPO, of course. S&P has already cut it by one notch. Uh, they're now triple C plus. Um, as we get news, they're trying to spin off some recent acquisitions. Don Peebles on our air yesterday. A big developer says he's on the lookout for defaults. Yeah, there's no shortage of challenges facing this new management team at WeWork as they try to skinny down the company to its core business and sell some of recently bought assets uh, and focus on, well, I think the key thing last week is they're not leasing new space, which for a growth company seems to be a bit odd. Um, Yeah. You can go uh, down a number of roads here that don't lead you uh, to much of a value. No. For What's this company, there, David. Didn't you feel like it's 
You know, I don't want to use the B they, word, they, but it they needed to feel. try to get public. They were unable to, and I think at this point, it's very much unclear when they will try to. Are your friends the behind the markets. scenes more worried about this than the Warren Sanders stuff? I think. Well, I think near term, locally, certainly in New York City, in terms of the office space market, in terms of if you're a large uh, real estate company, most of their places are filled. Most of them are filled. Most that, of them what are does that filled. not matter? Many the of debt? them are filled. That is true. It's just the debt. There's a lot of debt. There's an enormous need to rate, continue to raise capital, as you know. We talked about it yesterday. Um, and the question will be, can this new management team instill enough confidence in both their existing investors, and we're talking about you, SoftBank, and potentially others, right. that they can raise necessary amounts to continue to move towards what they think will be a break-even number at some point that will show the public markets this is a real business that can be profitable. But even then, what are you going to go public at? You're not anywhere going to get anywhere near that technology multiple. So you're talking about Mr. Newman 10, billion, not 20, 10 billion? I don't know. What's SoftBank? What's the number? Worth? Ten and a half. SoftBank's so, in for roughly ten. If you 10 crunch the debt, you have to crunch the debt, right? Yeah. I mean, isn't that what the, what the market's saying? Well, and that's why they're, they're deep jump now, right? Yeah, that's why they're seek. Yeah. Yeah, I would not, I don't think that's good for uh, widows and orphans. Suboptimal situation. It's a suboptimal situation, as Jim Kramer likes to say. We got a few of those things going on. Uh, we'll get Kramer's Mad Dash countdown to the opening bell. Obviously, uh, be sure to check out our podcast, as Jim mentions, every day. You can listen to us. The opening bell hour is Squawk on the Street, CNBC.com, backslash podcasts, or wherever you get them. Take another look here at uh, the pre market as we uh, keep our eye on the, the reaction to ISM and ADP today. Back in a moment. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. All right, we're getting Ford numbers, auto uh, sales figures for the quarter. Phil LeBose in Santa Clara today with those. Morning, Phil. Good morning, Carl. Slightly better than expected results for the third quarter from Ford. A decline in sales, overall decline of 4.9%. The estimate was for a decline of 6.1%, so a little better than expected. The strength in the third quarter clearly is still remains with trucks and SUVs. Ford's pickup business up 5% in the third quarter. Most of that driven by uh, increasing sales of the Ranger, the midsize pickup. Overall for the F-Series, sales were down about 6%. Not a surprise in that regard. But guys, this is the number that's going to stand out. The average transaction price, what we pay when we go to a dealership, if you went into a Ford dealership in the third quarter, on average, the buyer is paying $37,900. That's up $2,200 from the third quarter of last year. They are continuing to move those prices higher, and they're getting it with overall sales declining 4.9% in the third quarter. David and Jim, back to you. All right, Phil, thank you. That's not bad. Uh, we haven't, by the way, I mean, GM is a story we haven't I yet know, touched on. Bad. No, those are not, not I bad. I thought they were better. Look, what, what, the, the F-150 is selling really well. Right. Ford needed that win. Ford is trying to do India right, Latin America. Ford still hasn't shrunk. 
to where they can make a lot of money. Stocks been awful. Yep. So that's possible. Yeah. All right. We're here at the board, of course, because we are also going to do a mad dash. Uh, J&J is another uh, uh, name in the, in the news. $20 million roughly. They settle the Ohio litigation for opioids, Jim. Yeah. Well, you could say that they, uh, when they took on in Oklahoma, they refused to settle. They went on. And they ended up uh, losing a $572 million judgment. Which they're appealing. Which they're appealing. I, this time they've got a, a settlement course. I mean, there's a lot of people who think that J&J, correctly, is only 1% of what sold opioid, but that isn't what people are looking at. Looking at them as a manufacturer and, uh, that was involved. And J&J uh, would argue strenuously that they are really one of the better, least likely to, to uh, have done bad here, but it doesn't matter, the deepest pocket. So this is a way out. A settlement, people just want J&J to write checks these shareholders, because they know that they've got a triple-A balance sheet and they can do it. J&J, on principle, doesn't want to write checks. But this shows to me that they're willing to write some checks. And that means that maybe there's an end to this long national nightmare. Now there, however, there's still are hundreds, if not even thousands, but it's of just, lawsuits. There's so. thousands, thousands. Well, they have to be consolidated in right. multi-district. Multi right. But this is something, my travel trust on J&J, I wish I never heard of it, because I did not expect both talc and opioid because J&J is a pretty good company. But anything that shows that they can settle and get some of these things done is regarded as positive because the stock is the cheapest it's ever been, which is what attracted it to me. And I think Alex Corsi is doing a good job. It doesn't matter, David. It's lumped in with Teva. Yeah. And Mallinckrodt. I didn't want to say Mallinckrodt because to have no. that in the same sense no, as J&J. But it is. I mean, it's being lumped in. That said, it's got the deepest pockets by far, right, so which that's is another reason on. why if you're a plaintiff's lawyer, you're going to be Thank focused you. on Thank you. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, exactly we'll be right. keeping an eye on it. It's, it's no Con Ed. You had them on last night. Up 20%. 20%. Yeah. No my, risk. Because our bills keep going Because what we pay. Yeah. yeah. My God. Yeah. Bill this summer was... Oh, it's up 5%, David. No, it Eat it. ridiculous. Eat it. David, if I tax your wealth, yeah. it's like a pro federal I'm property okay. tax. I'm, uh, I'm well federal below. Federal I'm going to tax your I'm suit. I'm well below. Tax your suit. However, you... I get hit bad on a suit he's tax. He's in the zone. He's in the Sanders zone. Number one. Zone. But uh, we're in the uh, opening bell zone right here on Squawk on the Street. We got the uh, uh, beginning of trading 10 minutes from uh -huh. now. Stay with us. It's right on the With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. The ISM continues to echo around uh, Europe, Asia, and this morning again on Wall Street. Uh, futures down 183 for the Dow. We'll see if uh, anything changes when the opening bell rings in eight minutes.
You're watching CNBC Squawk on the Street, live from the financial capital of the world. The opening bell in just under five minutes. Another busy Wednesday as we got off to a rough start to the quarter, although there's been, Bespoke's had some good numbers on. Octobers that have a bad first day actually end up having a good month. It's funny, I read that. This is, again, the mindset of the market. I read that because I like to be Bespoke, and it's not, you know, it's too positive. Because I, I, the zeitgeist... It, it, it needs to be counted by that. Also, remember, it, people say they wiped out the whole game of, of the third quarter. Well, it wasn't a big quarter. So exactly. It wasn't like, well, the whole game. I know. It's but, head, headline bait. But, right. But I, yeah, headline bait. But I do think that the bespoke thing has to remember is that October is volatile. You do have a lot of money flows coming in and out. We need to see the IPO window close because there's just not enough. Remember, all these deals, like let's take Peloton, yeah. right? Well, there is no money that comes in is indexed. That's the way money comes in. Fifty-five to sixty percent of the money is indexed. So you, let's say you have forty percent of the money comes in, but you also have a huge amount of money coming out every single month to bonds. Where is the money to go buy Peloton at twenty-two? Who wants to go buy Peloton? Who wants it? It's like please go away, Peloton. Well, that brings to mind uh, the story that uh, crossed last night about. VCs in San Francisco holding meetings, trying to convince young startups to go direct listing rather than IPO after what's happened in the last month. Right. There's this, I mean, Bill Gurley has been on our air, noted venture capitalist, talking about the benefits and the studies that they have done in terms of direct listings and the, the uh, getting out the friction and the transaction costs and so many other things. Uh, that said, what uh, they work should also be talking about is probably going public earlier in their growth curve. Well, it's a little late need for a that. better reception. It's late for that now. It is late for that now. But you could make that argument, Jim, well, look at that Slack. a number of these companies, because of the access to private capital for such a long period of time, um, did not hit the public markets at an opportune time. Their growth curve had changed. Right, and the sellers, they're all sellers. They accelerated again. I mean, you, we made the same argument about Facebook. Don't get me wrong. But then it... Then they had a reacceleration. Right. As well, they that's why Facebook went from 18 to 100, you right. know, to 200 and change. I continue to think that Facebook's doing many things right and that they're no more in the heat than any of the others. Now, there's some guys backing away from the Libra, MasterCard and Visa. Libra is, is something that whose time is not here yet. It's just not here yet. They got to do more to empower people, not to create a currency. But look at Slack. Slack is a really great company and a really bad stock. Because it never found any institutional home. Look at that. I mean, you so do you think that's, you just said that's something direct that would listing. seem to direct listing. I don't like direct listing. You, really? No, because you, you need the roadshow to get people all excited. And the roadshow, by the way, for Peloton is really good. They kind of do good. a roadshow anyway. They do. Well, I just I mean, say, they, does that, okay, just, look, is Slack going to get... The venture capitalists would argue, well, you're just transferring wealth to these hedge fund guys who's then immediately... Sell the stock. I would say if I were Goldman Sachs, which I'm not, I would say to these guys, I, look, we're, not, we're done. We've, we've hurt our clients so badly on the investment side. Go away. Go away from my window, from my IPO window. Leave it your own chosen speed. These are not JP the ones Morgan we want, want to stay away from, too. Yeah. Smile direct, lift. Yeah. Smile direct. <laughs> Smile direct. Frown direct. You want frown direct. <laughs> Podcast hurt. No mm. teeth at all direct. Ooh, jeez, yeah. really? Empty mouth. Oh, dentures direct. Direct. Wow. Interest direct. They hate me already, so what do I care? What do you care? Yeah. You don't care. I'm, I mean, it's, look, you're look not in the stuff. business to be I'm, liked, no. Jim. I'm you're drooling. not trying to make friends. I'm not. It's like when you're Lou. Remember Lou Panetta? When you're like, you were, people would be boo, but they're really looing. I'm not jeweling. I'm drooling. Oh, but I'm fucking. 
Um, yeah. As for the ISM number, there's been some people who said uh, GM strike uh, mid-month. Yes. Uh, others argued Boeing. regional surveys, sort of there's a Boeing. split between ISM and what some of the Fed regional surveys have said. Well, I, look, I know that I could easily make a case that GM is going to hurt things. It's a big darn company. So if you start looking at companies that are involved uh, with it, you're going to be negative. But look at Acuity Brands. This is a company that's involved, you know, indoor and outdoor lighting, a lot of commercial, a lot of institutional, and they report a really bad number. That's There's something I fear. That's not part of the script. It's not. I want French's mustard, right? I want McCormick. I want the Stars Group. David hasn't given us the big deal in today. David, the Stars Group. Could you give me a little, just like a little sure. as well, going to create efficiencies and consolidation. They're going to be able to save some money. It's a, it's a growth play. You know, they need scale. What do you want? I don't know. That's what you could say for every single Every deal. single one. Look, I you, could try that talking points right, on well, any deal ever. Right. The reason I mention this is because gambling is a new growth area because it's being legalized. And people want to get ahead of it. I see networks embracing gambling. Starting to talk about the line. They're no longer just talking about 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 what's going on, say, uh, with the Eagles all right, versus the Jets. They'll say, listen, the Eagles are favored by 14. I mean, we haven't had that stuff in, since Jimmy the Greek. <laughs> is that, is oh, that yes. a real line? 14? CBS Sports. Yeah, remember that? Oof. Brent, wow. Jane, and Irv. So that, yes. may have been the, that was the benchmark. Irv Cross. Irv Cross. Is a big deal. Big deal. Uh, wow. And Brent. Yep. Uh, I miss those days. By the way, there's the bell uh, at the big board. The New York State Department of Financial Services celebrating its eighth anniversary at the NASDAQ. Hologic, a medical technology company focused on women's health. Jim, you mentioned GM. I like Hologic. Uh, Day 17 of the strike. UAW rejected the latest offer. Uh, More layoffs in Mexico this time as their supply chain gets affected. Huge uh, transmission. All the transmissions are made there. I, I mean, there was a rumor last week spread that I hated, which said that the deal, that the thing's about to settle. No, man, GM has got a. This is a very tough moment for GM. Their stock never goes up, not hyperbole, right? Stocks unchanged. They gotta, they gotta do something to make it so that they do not pay more, because as it is, you're not allowed to run to Mexico anymore. Well, that and and their their factories in Mexico now are short parts to make the trucks that are the big sellers, right? Yes, it's. Look, it's Ford's time. It just when I talk about, like, Ford yesterday, India had this great announcement. Then they have an impairment. You know, it's one step forward, one and a half step back for Ford. Uh, GM, with Marinda. Yeah, yeah. Marinda, yeah. GM, this is their time. If they get a good deal, people are going to want to own that stock. But you, you look at these stuff. The, the auto segment is the worst part of the U.S. economy. It just is. It's been uh, bad well, you saw the time. journal piece yesterday about these extended auto loans as a signal that um, the American middle class can't afford a middle class lifestyle. The Fed has to cut because a lot of these loans, these loans are based off of the Fed funds rate. And Ford has told me that just a huge hit, it's a huge hit that the Fed, that the Fed is so tight. I know that sounds like Trump. So that's going to help with all the other things that the middle class is selling? Home equity from? loans? Really? How about child care and medical costs? And is that going to help? That? Senator Sanders, I don't, I mean, I'm sorry, David Faber, I'm not sure. What I'm talking yes. about is, is that the, there are many loans priced off of the Fed funds rate. Look, the president is not idle when he says that this thing is hurting. 
You get a home equity loan priced off that rate. You got the auto loans priced off that rate. Ford has told me again and again that that rate is incredibly important. And we can't just dismiss the idea that the Fed is too tight. It is. Okay. I, I, they're, yes. Like he, he wants financing for his trade war. That's, that's yes. what the president wants. And he thinks that Powell yeah. is letting us down because Powell doesn't understand that we need a concerted effort. This is the president thinking that, listen, I need you on board, Jay Powell. I'm going hard. And what are you doing? You're undercutting me and you're perhaps electing Elizabeth Warren. It's interesting that Biden isn't even talked about. How would that possible? Well, he's not talked about by you. He is talked about by some other people. Yeah, he's, he's not far behind in New Hampshire and Iowa. Well, I'm just, okay, here, I know how to put this. Again, I know that this was reviewed. When I said this, it was viewed that I said it. What I've said is when you speak to Wall Streeters, they are terrorized in fear of Elizabeth Warren. It just And I know I just, that that came out as a paid announcement. Remember when <laughs> Senator Warren did that? Yes. I mean, she is a, well, she's a hoot. And her supporters just say, great. Yeah, great. But well, I mean, you know, look, the wealth tax, David, would be a new way to tax wealth. Lincoln didn't go for that. It's Lincoln was in favor of an income tax. Were she even to actually become the nominee and or win the election, that there's any chance that a bill like that would be able to pass. Right. Well, you need, I mean, I, okay, I, I think that um, it's a false construct. It's a straw man. You should not be investing, as I said last night, on the prospect of a but sweep, a Democrat sweep, and a President Warren. That's not the way you should be investing. All of which, back to big picture themes that we occasionally hit on, goes back to the disparity in terms of wealth in this country being the largest. Oh, don't I mean, you read that Dalio here it is. note to Ray me. Dalio's note. He invoked Hitler. Published yesterday. He, he with the Hitler. The largest wealth and political gap since the late 30s exists, leading yeah. to the emergence of conflicts between populists and the well, left. It's just so and populists of the right. And it seems reasonable to worry the gaps between the rich and poor and the populace to the left, populace to the right, will become more warlike, and the consequences of their fighting could undermine the efficient operation of the economy, as well as the efficient running of government. By the way, is there anything he just said that isn't being borne out day to day? Munich, The Price of Peace. Great book by Telford Taylor. That's what this reads like. It's out of print, but people should get it. If they really want to, if Dalio knew his history better, it'd be Munich, The Price of Peace. I'm not too critical of him, but You may wow. be more well-read than Ray Dalio. Well, I just got to tell you he that spent some if time. you read Munich, The Price of Peace, which is really the best book about what happened, Telford Taylor was a great prosecutor at the Nuremberg Trials. Right. Uh, you would know that, that it's, it's fatuous to compare this period to that. It's just fatuous well, because that's, that leads to the World War II and the Holocaust. And I'm just not, you know. You I, don't I, want to believe it. No, I don't want You don't to. want to believe it. That's no, what it is. Yeah. Why I, do the it's Germans, uncomfortable. Why do the Germans never use any uh, any fiscal stimulus? Because they remember this. The savings rate they, is sky high. They, they, remember this, they wrecked the savings rate, and then the, it brought the, the National Socialist Party to power. But I don't like the—I do not like the analogy. No, but— I, mean, I, I have fought I mean, that analogy all him, my life. To be fair to him, he says the, these elections coming up will be the greatest ideological clash we've seen in our lifetimes— Nothing you're saying. Nothing we're talking well, about every day a, doesn't seem to bear life. that out. It could be. A, it's a critical. And he life. says approaching the extreme fascist communist clashes of the 30s. I just think you have to be very careful when you invoke that. You have to be very careful because his Dalio's job is to see around large corners, which he's done. I don't. I mean, I, as much as we don't want to talk about it, right? There, we are more as nationalists. There were 32 different nationalist uh, parties in uh, at the, in the 1930s in Europe. And uh, that was a frightening time. We do have nationalist parties now that are spreading, but 
remember, that was a violent time already. And I just think that you're talking about violent social revolution when you bring up what he's bringing up. Violence. And I'm not seeing that, and I hope we don't see it. But I think you have to be very careful to contrast a period of tremendous violence and lawlessness with what we have right now. And Guys, I don't see that coming. Really, a shorter term here. We did get uh, an update out of Delta this morning, uh, provided a Q3. EPS revenues pretty much in line with expectations. I think Morgan Stanley up there targeted on Southwest. We know how much trouble transports have had since the last Oh, they were horrible yesterday. Index they let high. us down. Uh, look, I, I think FedEx has been... FedEx was the only stock that was on the 52-week low list 10 days ago. Now, there's a, a race to have a lot of stocks on the 52-week low list. It is fragile. Look, no, no resentment to Dalio. Anyone's allowed to make those. Anyone's allowed to make those analogies. I just, I just think that if you felt that, you should sell everything, everything, and buy gold. Um, when you look at FedEx, and run, which we but just we don't know where there. to. Yep. Uh, you gotta wonder if an activist isn't going to show up there. Good question. You know, um, I don't know anything. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not presaging that I've heard something. I don't. It's just an obvious thought. That board's got to be ready for somebody I, coming. I think that there's FedEx. a, you know, we've had, I'm going to, I'm going to take That's your, why I brought up long-term serving CEOs. He's been I, a great CEO. I was CEO, going to say that I saw in David's mind the following. It's in his mind. It's, right now, it's in his uh, cortex or maybe yes. your cerebellum. Okay. Um, now I'm going to give you a parabellum for your cerebellum. A lot of empty space in there, mostly. David yeah. Farr, long-serving CEO of Emerson under fire because people feel that it's time for him to move on. Potentially. He, he said he's going to move on in 2021, I think still a ways away. There is, there's David a group Farr of people. Emerson, where they are facing an activist. There's a group of people right here saw. in your, your your cortex yes. that say that it's time for Fred Smith to go. Right. That's what you're really saying, but you didn't want to say it. But you've said it for me. I did. Because and you can, well, after all these years, you can read my mind. I think Fred Smith's one of the great executives of our time, but I think that on that conference call, there was an open rebellion call. Whenever you have open rebellion on a conference call, I think what you look at is that perhaps there's going to be a real change coming. And uh, if you want open rebellion, by the way, you got to go listen to the United Natural Foods call, where they're like begging for, but please help us. Please help us. Tell us how you're going to do it. No, we're not going to tell you. That, that's how you get a stock down, UNFI. Stock's down a lot. It's a big hit. UNFI. Yeah. Was that a similar rebellion on the call? Is that what no, you're that connecting that was, that was just That was just insurrection. Wholesale well, insurrection. It is, it is down 26%. It's a small yeah. market cap company. There it uh, is. Ford is quickly yeah. Ford's quickly back to the, let's probably call it a six-month low. Oh. Uh, down 5%. If you just missed a Phil LeBeau oh, with the numbers. Overall, the number was okay, but uh, I mean, trucks up 8.8 8 is respectable. So. SUVs down 10 uh, is a surprise, I guess. Yeah. And, over, and car sales down 29. Yeah, this is a quarterly number. 7% yield, which nobody trusts. Six times earnings. You know how many stocks there are at six times earnings that I follow? Now, you know that means that people don't think the earnings are going to hold up. But do you know that Micron's now below six times earnings? Wow. Which you mentioned yesterday as a linchpin. That's the linchpin. It's not, that linchpin is rocky. It's holding in like a Chinese-made screw. Um, did you guys see Ameritrade met uh, late yesterday, met, uh, wow. met Schwab with the move to zero, not helping Ameritrade stock, which lost, what, a quarter of its value? Just unbelievable. It was, uh, that was incredible to watch, uh, it, these uh, commission wars, or I should say no commission wars. Is, uh, is that because of Robin Hood men in tights? How much of it is Robin Hood men in tights? I don't know. Uh, you know the Robin, the Robin Hood or what their market share is probably fairly small. 
Yeah, but it's, but did you see the piece which said it was in the New York Times and quoted an executive from Schwab saying we're not being hurt dot 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 yet. <laughs> so it's obviously they're being they're taking a but look their asset base is so big it's a great yes. it's a brilliant move for them. They're the greatest asset gatherer of our time. They're the best asset gatherer, but better than everybody else. Yes. What do you? How much money do you make when you don't charge? I don't know. But charges for order flow? I mean, I can't make it. Well, they, they're, it's not that. I, I think Rich Rapetto was on yesterday talking about Ameritrade, 25% of their profits and 60% if they go to zero of that 25 would be impacted. It's there not insignificant. Go. No, it's not. We got a real wholesale sell off here, man. It's uh, yeah, nasty. we're, we're going to lose 2,900 here it's, in it's, a bit. It's really gloomy. Yep. And other than like Costco. Lennar. Uh, Lennar Decent. Lennar. <laughs> Yay. Lennar it's not over. Revenue ahead. Uh, so there, there's your housing print. Yeah, also, and, uh, and Stars Group because of the consolidation. Consolidation. And the and also grow. cable company. Charter's up. Craig Moffat is going to join us later, I think, on the show. Uh, as will Bill Gurley. Comes out talking about, as will Bill Gurley, talk, uh, Moffat talking about the profitability of the, uh, of the cable business in terms of margins, how strong they've been as they move more to broadband-based models. Oh, and I away like from just distributing video and how it's helpful for margins. So I like that. You had some positive Thank things to you, say. David. Thank you. All right, let's get to Bob Bassani. Bob? Lousy open here, Carl. A five to one, declining to advancing stocks. Not much up today. Gold's up. Not much else. A lot of stuff is at uh, lows for the month. One month lows, let's just call it roughly. Transport's close to a one month low. Banks near a one month low. Retailers near one month. Industrials. You know, I love covering IPOs, but I'm sorry. This is the lowest level since uh, February that we're seeing for the Renaissance uh, IPO ETF. A lot of uh, IPOs, again, down 1% to 2% uh, for the day here. A lot of uh, negativity uh, out there. Uh, it's been a pretty darn, darn good year, though. Uh, I want to just point out our friends over at the Bank of America, thank you, through the third quarter, total returns on the S&P up 21%. That's total, okay? That includes dividends, 2%. This is the best first three quarters since 1997. Okay, so I know everybody's worried about, you know, the next uh, six months or so, but we've had a pretty darn good year going into the fourth quarter uh, overall. The important thing here about uh, what's going to happen in the fourth quarter, a lot of people talking about selling their losers more and buying winners as the active managers try to catch up. I don't know. It's been pretty wide dispersions between winners and losers this year. The techs have been great. You know, the semiconductors like AMD and Applied Materials have all been great. And there's Apple holding up a good part of the market, up 42 percent, not a typo year to date uh, for Apple. But the dispersion's really wide. Look at all the losers in certain key groups that we've seen here, like uh, like retailers, healthcare, for example. Look at some of these healthcare, Pfizer, United Health, Humana, all down double digits here. Uh, we've seen some of the uh, energy stocks. You know what's going on there. It's been a complete debacle. Halliburton, a lot of stuff down 20% or 30%. If you look at some of the energy laggards, like uh, Halliburton, Cabot, uh, National Oil Well, all weak as well here. If you could put the uh, healthcare. Uh, the energy laggards up there. So they're all weak here. And then finally, I just want to point out the retail laggards that we've seen. Yeah, OK, you got some targets, had a good year. Walmart's had a good year, but a lot of damage here with Macy's, Gap, Nordstrom, Kohl's. So this is a very wide dispersions between the winners and losers. The one thing that I'm, I, I'm not so sure there's going to be a lot of selling of the losers and buyers of the winners is the active managers have done very well this year. If you take a look at the Gap, the S&P 500 at the close on Friday was up about 20 percent. This is... Uh, and Friday's close. The average large cap core fund, active management fund, was up 19%. My thanks to CFRA for pointing this out. These are the guys, importantly, uh, who do the active management. That's a pretty close difference. 
That 1% difference, well, that's the fees that they're charging. So active management has not had a bad year this year, so I'm not sure we're going to do a lot of window dressing, let's catch up because we've been lagging behind story. Finally, I just want to point out on Ameritrade, David just mentioned this, uh, market cap Ameritrade, about $18 billion right now, but not helping with that announcement that they're going to... Uh, uh, zero commissions. I expect E-Trade, by the way, to come back very soon and announce they're going to do the same thing. So where we are today on this is very simple. There's not a lot of traders that do a lot of active trading overall, but the key thing is that lower fees, lower anything, lower commissions are going to be good for the consumers. We're going to see consolidation and slower revenue growth, but technology is going to help the companies here. And remember, customer retention, that's the key for the entire brokerage industry. Right now, we're right near the lows for the day. Carl, back to you. Thank you. Uh, we've been watching Ford, obviously, on their numbers. Now we're getting Fiat Chrysler. For that, we'll go back to Phil LeBeau. Phil. And, Carl, once again, we have an automaker reporting slightly better than expected sales for the third quarter. Fiat Chrysler sales up 0.1%, so fractionally higher. The estimate was for a decline of 1.1%, and much like Ford, the strength is in pickup sales. For Fiat Chrysler, the Ram brand sales were up 15% in the third quarter. Jeep sales were down 2%. But, guys, if you take the numbers from Ford and Fiat Chrysler in the third quarter, we'll get GM in about 45 minutes, along with the September auto sales reported yesterday. Year-to-date, the pace of sales in the United States are above 17 million vehicles. Now, I know we got a long ways to go this year, but if it holds, this would be the fifth straight year with auto sales topping 17 million. Guys, back to you. All right, Phil, thanks. Let's get to the bond pits as well. Rick Santelli at the CME. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Carl. You know, there's a couple of things that I considered quite important yesterday, and they don't seem to be getting talked about much. Didn't read about them much in my favorite publications. First is, of course, that rates are going down, but the curve is flattening. Most talked about, yeah, the 10-year was down yesterday, came way off from its highs because yields started higher yesterday, but it only ended off uh, one or two basis points. That's correct but not so for the short end. Look at today. Look at a three-day chart of twos. Really look at that pattern and realize right now we're down five basis points in the two-year. Now, let's look at the 10-year three-day pattern. You see the way the right side's much higher. There's a lot more continuity. The big drop is continuing in the short end, and curve continues to steepen with rates moving down. It really jumps out at you if you look at tens minus twos starting in early June. So here we are basically hovering at the steepest the curve's been tens to twos since basically the first half of August. Now, there's another dynamic that I want to bring up, and that, of course, is what's going on with Japan. Hardly any coverage. A really horrible auction. Uh, the Bank of Japan and the largest government pension fund are, are getting much more discriminating, and they're going to be choosing less domestic debt to buy. That is huge, and we need to continue to monitor it. As for the other relationship with Europe, that's changing as well. Look at a three-day chart of 10-year boons. Remember those patterns in the first couple of charts? Well, this is almost lateral. It's really not breaking down. Now, granted, it's only about 20 basis points or so off its all-time low closing yield, but it really has been holding better. And I think whether it's all the people running from the policies of Mario Draghi and the Germans getting nervous about it or what's going on in Japan. And finally, tens minus boons. It's really narrowing, and this is something to pay attention to. Our yields are getting closer to their yields. Carl, Jim, David, back to you. All right, Rick, thank you very much. 
So we're watching all kinds of levels here. Uh, S&P 29.10, transports below 10K, VIX above 20. Uh, Dow has broken its 50-day for the first time in about a month. We're back in a moment. Pretty weak breath on the S&P here as we have uh, five points to spare above 29K. Uh, 2,900, I should say. By the way, De Delta, uh, which we got an update on today, the worst performer on the S&P for the yeah. moment. Stop trading with Jim in a moment. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. There's well, a look at the Dow. One of the stocks we that should be working here is Clorox. It's been under pressure because it's got a lot of brands that are being challenged. Generically, Gladbags being challenged. Uh, Catler being challenged. Also, uh, Kingsford's issue, how strong is the uh, charcoal market? They had an analyst meeting today. And uh, I think Ben Adore is going to announce a new strategy that he's going to perhaps include lowering numbers, but perhaps giving you longer term some good news. Uh, remember, this is a stock that has been crowded when the economy is soft. So uh, maybe down first and then up. But uh, I like Benno. I think he's done a very good job. Let's see what happens. All right, Jim. Uh, how about tonight? I got paychecks on, uh, okay. which is good because uh, we'll also get a broad view of how the world's coming to an end, and we're about to have the rise of the Nazi party, and we're going to, I cannot believe that piece, I cannot believe that piece, I cannot believe that piece. They break down your piece. Just don't like the analogies. Make those analogies, you got to live by them. So once you do that once, you're out of the box. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. 